Which of these sounds like you? New to a mid-century house and wanting to get started but feeling overwhelmed? Wondering, where do I begin with making this house my home but keeping it mid-century? Folks like this want to get the ball rolling without getting flattened by it. Is that you? Or maybe you're on the other side of the equation. I hear from a lot of folks who are telling me they have a mid-century home that needs some love and they are ready to go. Their question is how to make tracks on their home while either A, preserving what they can of its mid-century detail, or B, restoring what was lost in previous remodels. Those folks are looking for big energy and power moves. Maybe that's you. I'm going to be talking to each group over the next two episodes. Today, we're going to cover starting small, and next week we'll get into how to plan a big remodel while still keeping your house mid-century. So, hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 9, Episode 2. Okay, uh, let's do the resource of the week before we get any further. The Style Quiz. Have you taken it? What did you score? Because look, there are a lot of different subcategories of mid-century. You might be here for the vintage time capsule effect, or maybe you just want to make sure you don't accidentally turn your ranch into a shiplap-covered cottage. You might be more contemporary modern or more retro chic. There's room for a lot of different types of style in a mid-century era home. Knowing where you fit will help you make decisions with confidence and seek out the right influencers and family, friends for your personal home update journey. That's why I made the mid-century style quiz. You can take it in three minutes, no hard questions, I promise, and then I'll send you a personalized style guide for your next steps in home improvement process. Go to midmod-midwest.com slash style quiz, or find that plus all the show notes and the links to all the references I make today, there's going to be a lot of them, and a transcript of the podcast on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 902. Okay, so the first perspective we're going to talk about this two-episode series is what to do when you're brand new to thinking about changing your home. Maybe you're a brand new homeowner. Maybe you haven't even gotten a mid-century home yet, but you're feeling like you're ready to start putting your stamp on whatever space you're living in. Or maybe you've been in your home for a while, but life has been kind of chaotic. I don't know, there's been a global pandemic. Other things have come up. For whatever reason, now you're ready to go. You've saved up, you've got your head on straight, you and your partner are on the same page, you want to remodel. If any of this sounds like you, I'm here to help you start on a planning process that will help you get your home in order. Where do you begin? How can you start on a remodel without getting in completely over your head? That's what we're going to talk about today. By the way, if this doesn't sound like you, if you're in camp two, you are ready to jump into action on your house, or if you've lived in your house for quite a while and you want to take a fresh look at the way that you've been living in it, I'll be talking to you next week. We'll get into how to plan and take on a big picture action plan for a mid-century house while keeping the mid-century part intact, so stay tuned. Today, though, let's talk about how to stick your toe into the kidney-shaped pool of mid-century home updates. And by the way, if you know someone who's just getting into their first mid-century home uh, and is planning to start making some changes, tweaks, transformations, this episode is going to be a great start to think about planning a home update, whether it's large or small, the right way to get started right from the start. If you've never remodeled before, here is my best advice. Remember to give yourself grace. Every step from planning to execution will take a little longer, may cost a little more than you expect. Actually, it will take a lot longer. There's this thing called the remodeling X factor. And basically you take however long you hope or anticipate that some project will take. If it takes twice that, a 2X factor, you're doing great. It might take 3X 
or 4x or 5x what you were hoping it would take. But I don't say that to scare you, just to give you a sense of realism. It's okay. If you're just moving into a house, I actually don't recommend you jump right into making changes unless you feel you must. Living in a house for just a little while can give you insight into what it's like to be there that can't be replaced any other way. So this is your permission slip to start small, to take your time. Sometimes you feel that for other life reasons, you really have to get going. The house is unlivable. You must execute a remodel before you move in. But in an ideal world, I recommend that you take time to put your feet in the water slowly. Take on one or two small but satisfying progress projects to make the house your own. What does small mean? Well, that depends on your experience, your budget, your ambition. It could be a weekend DIY project, that's starting small, or it could be having the house painted and updating the exterior. What small means is up to you. But definitely it will be a level one or a level two project. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you might already know what that means, but here's a thumbnail reminder. Most of the time, when you hear someone talk about home improvement, or if you see it on social media or TV, it's a big project. I call these level three remodels. Big honking level three remodels are what people think of and what they're afraid of when they realize they want to make some changes to their home. You're planning a level three if you are going to totally gut the house or part of it and start over. If you're adding on an addition, or if you're generally planning a project that will take a general contractor to manage, that's a level three. But for us today, instantly reduce your sense of overwhelm around your remodeling plans by realizing that you don't have to take on that much work in order to plan a remodel. You want to figure out what level of a remodel you actually have in mind and have the capacity for today, this year. So the next step down is a level two remodel. They can be almost as transformative as the previous type, but they're broken down into smaller, more bite-sized chunks. So you can undertake them yourself or manage them as the homeowner hiring in subcontracts to do various work. You can entirely overhaul your house one project at a time, one or two projects a year with a level two remodel. But then there are also level one remodels. Yes, these are remodels. They generally involve tweaking a pretty close house with simply purchased or easily DIYable projects that literally anyone can take on with basic skills and tools. It might mean finding great furniture, painting the walls your favorite color, hanging art. If you want to learn more about the levels, check out uh, episodes 106 and 312 for a lot more detail. But here's the bottom line. Home improvement doesn't have to mean a contractor remodel. I'm going to say that again. Home improvement does not have to mean a contractor remodel. It just means improving your home. So if you really want to start small, you might be setting yourself up with some lovely mid-century furniture to complement the house you have. Or like I said at the top of the episode, if you aren't even quite to the homeowner stage yet, the home you hope to have. In fact, for not yet mid-century homeowners, starting with level one furniture acquisitions is your very best and most uh, movable bet. So in episode 203, I talk about a recipe to add quick and easy mid-century style upgrades to any room in your house. It's as simple as starting with a centerpiece for the room. If it's your living room, that might be a coffee table. In the bedroom, a bedside table. Uh, Outside, it might be your front door. And you make that piece shine. You can source vintage or modern reproductions according to your budget, whatever makes you smile. Then the next step is to add some mid-century friendly color. And as I talked about last week, color that's mid-century friendly covers the waterfront. Um, But basically, you just want to decide what's your color palette. Are you going like early vintage, baby pink, powder blue, 60s mod, orange, yellow, 
bright green. Find the colors that work for you and then draw from that palette. Bring one color or several from that range into your room or to the outside of your house. A rug, a pillow, a painted wall, a mailbox. And the third step is a conversation piece. Wall art, some decorations, a fun clock, a table centerpiece. House numbers for the outside. With those three elements in place, you can clap your hands and call your work done or keep on going with a sense of progress. Grab the Room Recipe Guide, my free workbook that walks you through these steps with fun visuals at midmod-midwest.com slash roomrecipe. No spaces. Okay, if you want to start by having something done to your house by other people, nothing makes a house feel more like it belongs to you faster than a quick exterior update. This kind of curb appeal change can often be done without regard to what you might do on the inside later, so you don't end up stepping on your own future self's toes by giving the house a new coat of paint, even though you might want to redo the kitchen later. Other interior updates you might take on have the risk of you do something quickly now, and then a couple years down the line, you find yourself undoing your own work. So it's usually a safe bet to start on the exterior. A lot of my one-to-one design work, the exterior update visualization packages, end up coming from people who've just moved to the house and they want to do more work in the future, but for now, they want to make the house look like theirs from the outside. I was just taking a consultation call the other day where people were settling into their home, which we all about getting new siding, a new front door, picking colors, and pulling those other fun details like light fixtures, mailbox, house numbers together. That's them saying, here we are, neighborhood. This is our house. Later, they're going to come back and focus on the interior, but that's their start small move. As you start here at the beginning of your design thinking process, one thing you can do to set yourself up for success is to start walking through the first three steps of the master plan process. A master plan, remember, takes you through five steps, dream, discover, distill, draft, and develop. Now, this doesn't have to be onerous. The first three steps for you when you're just trying to get started can be easy. I should note, these are the same steps I would recommend to someone who wants to switch into high gear during the remodel, but if you're starting small, take a more leisurely approach. For example, taking on the dream phase might be as simple as having a few chats with your friends or your partner about what kind of a life you hope to live in your new house. Some of this will have already come up when you were house hunting, probably. Do you want to be social or private? Should your house feel energizing or relaxing? Maybe both in different areas. Fill in the blanks. The more you know about these things, the more you have the gears you need in process to tweak or transform the house, and the steps you want to take will occur to you organically. Likewise, you are in the discover process if you're getting settled into a new home. So why not take it a little further? Take a more intentional approach to learning how your systems work, when the water softener needs to be replaced, um, how long you've got on your roof. As you learn these things, write them down. Start to document the important need-to-know items of your house so that you can start to feel more confident, more in charge of the process as you deal with basic home maintenance or those initial remodeling questions. Pulling together these pieces of data into an archive, into a Google Doc, into a notes file on your phone is easy to do or easy to skip, but if you've done it, you'll have set yourself up for future success and you won't have to discover these things over and over through your lifetime in the house. And then the third step, distill. Even before you have any intentions of making changes to your house, you can start to nail down what you like. 
This is where uh, the resources guide can come in handy, also the style quiz that I mentioned at the top of the episode, but it can also just show up in your daily life. If you walk past a house in the neighborhood and think it's really cool, snap a picture of it and put it in an album of house ideas. While you're scrolling on Instagram, checking out how your friend's kids are doing, if you see someone's front door that looks cute, save the post and put it into a collection. Start a basic Pinterest board for your ideas, collect anything from across the internet there. You don't need to do anything more than just capture these ideas when they occur to you rather than having to hunt them down later, and you've already set yourself up for success. Okay, temperature check. How are you feeling? You might be thinking, okay, that sounds like a lot. I just wanted one simple project I can do so I can feel happy about my home. If that's you, I recommend you tackle your front door or for something even less permanent, take steps to make a more mid-century vibe in your living room. With the room recipe guide that I mentioned earlier, if you're going to tackle the front door, then I've got a free guide for that, a checklist of front door update ideas that you can get at midmod-midwest.com slash front door. If you're tipping the other way and you're thinking, oh, no, I might be new to this whole homeowning and remodeling business, but I want to go. I plan to transform my house before I even move into it. Okay, that is totally doable, although I have a few caveats. It is possible to jump at a project with all your energy right off the back and make tremendous changes happen very quickly. It's a little unrealistic, but if you've ever seen an episode of HGTV, you will watch how quickly someone can transform an entire house in a short amount of time. But there's a risk involved in that. Sometimes changes made quickly end up not having the result you want. And I also have to call your attention to the classic design Venn diagram. There are three qualities of any remodel, and you can pick two time, cost, and quality. If you prioritize shortening the time scale of your remodel, you need to watch out for a rise in cost or a dip in quality, ideally not both. For more on this or to see the Venn diagram that I'm talking about, check out the show notes page for episode 602, Design Your Remodel Before You Set the Budget. Yeah, you heard me right. I'll tell you why in that episode. Uh, but basically, just know that you can do things quickly, but it will cost a little more, and you want to be particularly on guard for losing out on mid-century charm while you do. If you're hoping to dive in and update your new home right away as quickly as possible, you're going to have to be prepared to spend, and you want to watch out for the risk factor of losing out on mid-century charm. Here's one more reason to wait a little while. I often hear from new homeowners that even when they buy a mid-century era home, they often think of certain parts of it as pretty uncool. Then they do a little research into the broader history of the mid-century movement. And once they start to dig in, they find out that their house, even if modest, has some really charming features and some potential to expand on its mid-century qualities. So for example, if you've got a picture window anywhere in your house, that's the sort of flightless bird version of a glass-walled California high mid-century home that separates the living part of the house from the exterior fenced pool backyard with just retractable wall. Obviously, a picture window is not a wall of glass, but if you've got a picture window facing your backyard, it's a perfect no-brainer opportunity to replace it with a sliding door. So as you start to learn a little bit more about the era of your house, it's not only fun, but it starts to set up the ideas for where you can turn up the volume on the mid-century features you already have or bring more features to the house. I've got resources that you can use no matter what your idea of fun is. If you want to watch movies, read blog posts, read books, check out shopping examples. I've got 89 of my favorite mid-century resources all bundled together in a PDF checklist that you can grab after listening to the episode. Go to midmod-midwest.com slash resources to get yours. All right, 
So if there's one thing I want you to take away from today, it's that you can start small. In fact, I recommend that you do. Live in your house for a little while, figure out what you love about it and what you don't, and you'll be all the more prepared to plan your remodel and style. If you do want to get started, then what you're going to want, my friend, is a master plan to keep you on track. If you need help, even with starting small and the free resources I've shared just aren't cutting through your mental chaos, then I'd love to chat with you about what's going on in your mind about your house. Schedule a design consultation call with me by heading to midmod-midwest.com services to our work with us page. You'll find all of the links I just mentioned and a transcript of the episode at midmod-midwest.com 902. All right. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about how to keep a mid-mod remodel on track using design principles of good mid-century remodels. You can use these ideas in large and small ways, but I'm going to be talking about how you can play up asymmetry, balance a mix of new and organic materials, how you can identify the right simple shapes that highlight the mid-century style, and how you can play up that essential inside-outside connection. We'll be going through these key elements next week in the podcast, and the week after next, I'm going to be doing a design series live on Instagram where I walk through each of these steps in greater detail. I hope to see you there for that. Until next week, I hope you're thinking about what you can do to start small or dreaming about how you're going to jump into high gear and plan a perfect big remodel using, of course, the master plan method. Till then.